Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. This week on our episode, we're going to actually cover a lot of ground. Uh, We're actually going to start our episode by answering one last question, or at least we think one last question, from our last series about marriage and about divorce, and specifically about abuse in marriage. So, We're going to address that, but then we're going to dive into our new series about the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, Alex created so many questions in this episode about why we struggle with the Spirit and why we're not seeing more miraculous things like we saw in the book of Acts and all these kinds of things that I almost wanted to explode. I just, it was such an intriguing conversation to me personally. And I hope it's intriguing to you. And I'm not going to give you any more than that. You're going to have to listen and see where he takes us in this conversation. Let's tune in to this week's episode on the Spirit. What does 11 o'clock mean? What does 11 o'clock mean? It means you should put your microphone in front of you so that they can... Actually, my, my audio was like really quiet last week. I don't know if you heard it because I, I did. didn't have the microphone close enough clearly. Yes. Or it wasn't turned up high enough. I don't know. Oh, they're um, all identical. Oh, Andrea just dominated the conversation. Was that last week? Yeah, week. maybe. Was it? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. Which is why I had to re-aim the, re-aim the camera. Hi, everybody. Hello. So Alex is a walking South Fellowship Church um, logo today. He is, he is modeling yeah. all of our... And, and I would say my wife and I have constant arguments about this hat or the multiple that I have of it because I say it's blue and she says it's black. It is definitely black. It's definitely blue. No, it is not. Look look at it compared to this shirt. Can you not see the difference between those two things? It is. It's a faded black. It's a faded black. It's definitely not blue, though. This is, do you know what this is worrying? Because that's exactly what Laura says. It's faded black. I'm like, clearly, I'm the only one in the world that can see color. <laughs> I... Everybody's wrong except me. Wow. Okay. But that is that is. I'm really, in the Laura camp. That is I'm a Team really Laura right dark now. Dark blue. She she actually wants to do a poll on Sunday morning. She, she said she's going to set up a table. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and, I, and I said, hold on a second. You think that's going to persuade me if you if you lined everybody at South up and said, do you spell color with a U or without one? They'd all say without one. Doesn't make them right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. There you go. Anyway, decidedly not democratic. Let's put it like that. A little, little humor for you this morning. I guess. Yeah. So um, we're here. We're hanging out on. Well, at least I'm hanging out on the red couch, which is starting to get more comfortable. I don't know if I'm like. No, it's not more comfortable. I think I'm adapting. <laughs> yeah. To the red couch. So your expectations. You know, I love this red couch. No, you don't. A lot of things. Have, a lot of good conversation has have been had. I have deep, beautiful memories. Of this red couch. couch. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we talking about today? So, one, Teresa is going to barge through that door sometime in the next 10 or so minutes. She is? She is. With what? Like, is this like a 100th episode celebration or something? No, she's just going to take some photos for like your oh. podcast page or something. And we had this whole debate about so, what time does Alex get into the podcast room so that we can take a photo before the episode? Or can you text me when you're done with the episode so that I can come in and get the photos? And I decided that we couldn't know when you were going to show up before the episode in time. And you mean how early? Yeah, how early? I was going to say, I'm always on time. No, you're always on time. Um, But I didn't know if you had 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever. And so, and then I was like, I'm definitely going to forget to text you after the episode. Um, because yes. Alex is who he is and I am who I am. And so therefore I said, you know what, Teresa, our podcast is so casual. You can take the photos during Absolutely. the episode. Although she might get roped into some kind of regular role if she starts wandering in like, you know. I yeah, know I just be. said, I said all the meaty stuff of our podcast happens right around 20 minutes in. So mm-hmm. don't interrupt us then because then we might actually be Absolutely. saying something of substance. Watch it now, like <laughs> suddenly flow into like serious stuff. So we we at South wrapped up a relationship series. We um, did. Uh, last The week before last. Yeah. Um, and fascinating questions from that and fascinating, like just to see where different people were at. I had some great conversations with people that said, oh yeah, you know. 
you're not going to let us get complacent at least. Uh, yeah, totally. Do you want to go into the question from last week first, and then we can dive into this last? We definitely could do that. Yeah. But then we might get all deep. and That's what be... I'm saying. That's a fear, but I think we've, we've, we've opened I'm so that scared. Pandora's box. Anyway. Such a fear. Yeah. No, okay. All right. We're going to do that. So uh, this is a question that someone submitted. And, that's um, a great question. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to see if I can read selections from it. Um, anonymous submitted. I have attended your church a couple of times and listened to your sermons, starting with the Jeremiah series and including the relationship married one recently. I have a friend going through a nasty divorce with an abusive man and is keeping, uh, and, is, and it kept coming into my head during the sermons. How would they make that make her feel? Her husband's is guilting her, uh, telling her every day. She, sh- um, I think that was a um, misspelling there or, or something or typo, but she's, so he's guilting her into trying to stay. Don't rip their family apart, but he's also a narcissist and abusive. Mm. Um, basically says I support her, but basically how would this sermon series make her feel if she'd suddenly like showed up at church, she's been inviting her to this to South. And what if, what happens if she shows up during this marriage series and then we're talking about divorce and marriage and all this stuff, how would she feel? Um, why did you add on? Um, why didn't you add on to your sermon an addition for abusive behavior? Mm. One in four women are abused, so I felt like it's a topic worth bringing up during the marriage sermon series. Mm. That's, yeah, it's, um, it's, there's some brilliant questions there, and and I love that man. She came to church in a Jeremiah series, and she stayed. Yeah, uh, that's like <laughs> that's serious. That's bold. Uh, that's serious. So, so I, I, I did definitely at some points early on give caveats around how I see abusive relationships, um, and and you know I, I I said said multiple times um, even the ideas of reconciliation and forgiveness don't mean that the person gets to move back in or that the police aren't called or there's not like potentially some kind of like some kind of jail time that has to be served or there's not legal mm-hmm. ramifications. Yeah. Um, so, so I, 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 I'd hope that across the whole breadth of the series, um, that was at least said, but what I would, would say is that, that it's hard to almost say it enough, like to not have some risk that people could hear um, guilt. In actual fact, I think one of the, the biggest temptations to not do relationship series is because you worry about how people will feel into, I mean, we've got so many people in second or third marriages at South. Um, yeah. So know. like out of the national average percentages, mm-hmm. we're probably well above that yeah. in our particular community as yeah. far as Christian communities are concerned, just Be- because it, we tend to be a church where people who uh, were felt ostracized mm-hmm. by a childhood faith yeah. or whatever, feel comfortable to come or yeah. they, or for some of the folks, there's folks in ours who went through a divorce, basically were shunned by their church, yes. left the church for years and then decided, I really want to try it again. They make their way here and they're like, I'm not sure how I feel about everything, but this place makes me feel yeah, welcome. We got, we got people that, you know, someone sided with one couple, one of the couple over the a church sided with one of the couple over the other. We got, there's all these different elements in play. Um, so I, I mean, I, I share the, the, the questions tension of regularly. I'll look out in a community in the middle of a sermon. I think, Oh man, how does this person feel? Like, how does this person feel? Um, yeah. because it is, it is difficult. So, so what, what it makes it, I would say even more complex is this. I, I don't think I want to say this really carefully. So, so the Bible is written in a time where divorce was never in the hands of the woman. Yeah. Like that, there was no option to say, I'm just leaving. And so, not even like regulatorily necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It was just practically yes. speaking. Yeah. She had no option. Yeah. There the, the was like, why would you, even if you were in a horrible living situation? 
Yeah. Uh, there, there wasn't a oh man, I could I could have a better life with somebody else, or I could you know it was just you stayed because you had to, because it was stay or starve. Um, yep. And so I think like one when the the Bible talks about divorce, it almost always talks from the 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 point of view of the man because it was the man that initiated divorce. Yeah. Um. So so that like th- there's some complexity there. Now as the, as the as the it moves into some of the the Greek speaking world, then then some of the culture changes a little bit. Um, and there are financially independent women, or there is women of power. Or there's all those different elements that start to come into play, and he feels some of that in Paul's language in First Corinthians seven, yeah. where he starts to see a possibility that a a um, a woman might leave a husband who doesn't believe, for example, is, a, is an option she gives. But suddenly, you've got these new Christian communities that have never known the Jewish world. Um, and so some of their some of their sense of like you know in the in the Hebrew world, I think Teresa's trying to get through that door and she can't get in. No, she can't. Uh, she has a code. Oh, uh, that's good. Uh, so so yeah. so some some of the um, some some of the Hebrew sensibility of like who would have a woman who's already been married and left a husband. Yeah, starts to fade a little bit in a culture that was more had more permission around sexuality and stuff. So I think that's all in play. And then one of the really hard things and how you figure this out is, is so hard, just culturally, not even on a Christian level. How do you speak to cultures that haven't yet become like the culture you're part of? So if you hear, like, let me give you an example, the way okay. some of the, some of American culture would talk to, um, to, cultures that still practice slavery yeah like the, there's a language that comes out of our culture that says what is wrong with you people blindly oblivious to the fact that most of our history was centered around slavery being a normal practice and we're almost like we can't believe you guys haven't figured this out yet isn't it obvious yeah um and so we're like come on get it sorted uh say the same would be true now of like uh, of civil rights around sexuality um we have a system where even if we don't agree with uh, homosexuality as a practice for the most part even followers of jesus that would hold that paradigm of no only heterosexual only monogamous we would still say yeah but you shouldn't be treated badly as a human being because of that yeah. Um, wh- whereas, you know, we, we look at African countries perhaps and we're like, what's wrong with you? Yet that's where we were 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 100 years ago. Yeah. There are still cultures where a, a husband is allowed to physically discipline a wife. That was true of our cultures just a couple of hundred years ago. Yep. And, and so we hmm. wrestle with some of those things. We're almost like, come on, this is ridiculous. And so it's hard when you're trying to cross these incredible time tangents, like we're talking 2,000 years yeah. of, of how you address that. So, so it shouldn't surprise us that the Bible actually doesn't talk a lot, a huge amount about about uh, what we would call physical abuse in a marriage. Yeah. Because in some cultures, it would have just been normal behavior. Yeah, and so what you have to do and well, so going back to this question, I feel like um, for who, whoever wrote this, this concern for a friend is one beautiful. Oh, I absolutely. love the like yeah. that one sort of that longing for your friend to mm-hmm. encounter the goodness and the and the grace of Jesus, and and then their concern of like how is your church community going to feel for that friend? Yeah. That's the exact kind of thought process and question that we want our members yeah, to have. Totally. So first of all, thank you. Um, but uh, on the, to, to get to the question itself, I think that in our experience, at least for Alex, I did mention very in passing a couple times in the series, yeah. some of these uh, other options when it comes to both divorce and marriage. Um and then I know that we heard from multiple people who had been previously divorced of how strangely this series on the goodness and the mm-hmm. vibrancy and the even the rigidity of marriage was actually uh, uh, that that was the series in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But they felt 
freed from shame, freed from guilt. And so I would hope that if your friend had come throughout a series like this, that, that she would have heard the love of God that supersedes some of the detailed conversation about how should I interact when I don't like how the drawers mm-hmm. are managed or, um, or even like the conversation about the covenant in marriage or things like that. Um, I had just multiple people when I preached, I know you had multiple people as you're doing the series who, who were previously divorced, who actually felt very affirmed, seen, yeah. valued and loved by God because of the series. So, and so that the hard part is like, how do you emphasize the fact that I, ge- you know, I genuinely believe that God's heart is, is devastated by physical violence, by abusive language in relationships in both directions. Um, uh, my advice to uh, someone who's experiencing that kind of abuse is always like, well, you need to get get yourself into a safe place. Um, yeah. Now, now I realize when I do that, it's hard for me to have a go-to scripture that says you should do that. Yeah, that's um, the weird, like that, what, to your point earlier, yeah. it's not because of a... a chapter and verse uh-huh. yeah it's it's, it's like usually a heart of god yeah and the protection and god's priority for the weak yeah the abused the marginalized is so clear in yeah. scripture that you start to say i suspect that if jesus yeah. was here he this is what he yeah, would say but that's a trajectory hermeneutic it's yeah. not a chapter and verse hermeneutic yeah so, so I, I think there's that like tension of and there she is there she is she burst the door and we'll finish the question in just a moment but i guess we're gonna do glam shots now <laughs> are we supposed to just pretend like we're doing our podcast since we're okay. actually doing our we're podcast, doing podcast yeah. oh shoot so so I, yeah i I, th- I think that um we're getting photographed so if we're, we're weird, yeah, yeah, if we're, we're going to get all stiff now. There's always a so camera. I think we should. There's always a video camera, but now a static camera is making us nervous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, not true. <laughs> so, so I, 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 one of the things I think that we do at South, like when I think through how we speak, I always try and think of the people that would fit an unchurch category. Yeah. So there's always like as much as possible, like caveats of, of even like around, and you and I have both done this. Like if if you're not following Jesus, you're off the hook for having to obey this particular element of his teaching. You know, in some ways, yeah. lucky you, because uh, it's hard. Um, and yet, if you choose to follow Jesus, these are some of the hard asks that he makes. Um, so we try and think through every situation, but I know that it's not possible for us to create an environment where someone could feel that way every single time. Um, yeah, in every single moment, because life is hard and it, and it is easy um to to have that sense of like guilt around different things yeah uh, even so, if it's not appropriate so to maybe just close the loop on this question um one we're, we're so glad you're thinking this way yeah but two um think about alex as he's prepping a sermon he's having these exact same thoughts as he's prepping his sermons and these same concerns for those who might walk in through our doors. And to some extent, when you have to just look at a passage, teach that passage, and then you have to relinquish some a ton of the control to the Holy Spirit oh, yeah, so, to yeah, say, so Spirit, you need to have this land heavy on some and with such tenderness <laughs> on others. And I'm like, I know every time I preach, I feel this terror because I don't want to relinquish control oh, to yeah, the Spirit yeah. for that. Yeah. I felt so much heaviness when I preached mm-hmm. in this series because yeah. of that. Because I was like, I'm going to try and elevate the validity of marriage. And then I know that there's divorced people in the room. And I was like, ah! Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then, so, yeah. but I just had to trust the spirit. And in some magical, amazing wisdom of God, he yeah. managed to to do that for a lot of yes. people. So for the same thing if, with inviting your friend, they may show up on a week where you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no, and I know. And so then the often. spirit shows up yeah. and says something to your friend that you're like, yeah. really? You got that out of that message? It's so And it's so challenging. I mean, I've been in those situations. I've been in environments where I've, I've gone to church with a friend who's um, who's homosexual and the sermon's on homosexuality. And I'm like literally trying to dive under the seat with just like, how is this going to come across? How is this going to be felt? I remember bringing friends to, to 
um, my old church back in England. And that week, someone jumped up on stage and grabbed the microphone off the associate pastor and started giving this weird, like, rant about how in 14 days God was going to remove the church leadership from power and it was going to be all like, you know, whatever. Uh, and I'm sitting there with my friends thinking, oh my goodness, what do they think about all this? Uh, and they leaned across to me in the service and said, is it always this good? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, as in like a theater type production? Yeah. Um, so, so there is like, those so are more popular, humorous yeah. example, or that one's a more humorous example, but it is, there are always going to be those tensions. And what I would say is this, like one, you get to be the pastor to the person that you brought then and totally. navigate them through some of that, navigate them, them through some of what they heard. Um, and, and that that's important because no one can know every single area of someone's life. But um, also know as a staff, when we plan services, one of the things we do talk about is we don't want people who, who finally get up the courage to invite their neighbor to church we don't want them leaving to lunch with that friend saying it's not normally like this. Yeah. <laughs> like we do, we do think through that for you, hopefully as best as we can. So, um, and like the segue is to this coming week is, yeah, you kind of have to just trust the spirit to yeah. like take those words and have the tenderness and wisdom to know where to place them mm. on each person's heart. Mm. So Speaking of the spirit, did you you see what I did there? Yeah, I like it. Segway, segway, segway. It was a little bit choppy, let's be honest, but I tried. Uh, Yeah, we cut cut quick. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're supposed to ramble for a minute now because we're moving into this week's episode. We can't, we don't have time for that. So we are, we did, well, one, perhaps the the ramble or the joy is as part of our traditions that we've done over the last few years for Pentecost, we've done baptisms. Oh, yeah. Uh, So that was like a huge part of our service, which is fascinating as a preacher because you're kind of prepping. And and I've said before, probably (laughs) on here and certainly in staff settings, I I feel like the sermon has gathered a weight on it in this day and age that it was never supposed to have. Like it it has to be perfect oratory. I feel that way about the music. Yeah, it's probably fair. Yeah, I (laughs) totally see that. That's Um, funny. (laughs) Both of us think the other person's job's more. No, it's just. uh, So so it has this like sense of like, yeah, it it was supposed to be thoughts about scripture that someone would get up and share. And it's become almost like um, an overburden. Um, It's become... Yeah, a little too heavy, maybe, yeah. for the person holding it, especially. Uh, and so the beauty on on Baptism Sunday is that you're kind of prepping. You like nobody's going to remember. Yeah, right? it just doesn't <laughs> even seem like it matters that much. We just you can be up there, skiddly dee, skiddly yeah. dee, woohoo, woohoo. Yeah, baptisms. And and we've and, and that that like our, we've we've got a, a good friend that comes to to South, uh, Kevin Butcher, who will be preaching on Father's Day, and and I remember him saying to me after. I mean, he's been doing pastoral ministry for or a few decades now. And, you know, he said they used to do baptisms on Easter Sunday. Um, partly because he just, he just felt like, I feel like every Easter I'm trying to, I'm trying to put the new spin on Easter. Yeah. Like what's the thing? What's the idea about Easter? Nobody's ever shared before. Um, and yet you can't like, you can't, you can't trump resurrection. Um, like, how do you, how do you make that better than it is? Uh, yeah. And so they started doing baptisms because that was just, you know, when you, when you've got a, an extra addict who jumps out the baptismal tank and, and runs around the, the sanctuary yelling hallelujah at the top of his voice. Like that's what people remember. Yeah. Um, and so we just had some amazing stories. We had a lot of kids baptized, a lot of students baptized, but also a, a chunk of adults that just some great life change. moments. Yeah. If you, if you weren't there, I encourage you to go back and watch. Unfortunately, it's only one of the services, yeah. but we had what? I think it turned into more than 16, wasn't it? I think, or was it 16? No, I think it was 16. Pretty 16, much the, uh, yeah. 16 baptisms. And as far as I can remember, and I've been at South since the Stone Age, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was one of the most joyful celebrations of baptisms mm. that I can remember here in this community um, for a bunch of reasons. Just the stories we heard, um, the, you know, just the full range of the demographics, all of these things. And then, um, and then just the joy in the community too. That was one of the other things of it. It wasn't just 
the joy in the person being baptized, there just seemed like there was this beautiful energy in our congregation mm. that was just, there was, I, I remember I'm up there singing the song in between, you know, they'd go under the water and then I'd burst into the chorus line and there was several people in the room. They'd be paying attention to the story and I'd see it on their faces. They're listening, they're listening, they're smiling, they're encouraging. And then, um, as soon as the the person went under the water and we started singing this chorus line, you just see them go so vertical. vertical. They were just like so excited mm. to praise God for yeah. this transformation. And I, there was probably 10 of them in the room that were just like, they could almost not contain well, themselves. That, that, that feel of like, I mean, seeing the story and, and, and hearing the life change, like seeing the, the, the process of baptism, just that's always compelling and then we've just chosen to weave in this holy water song and the, of course the water element is there but that line that we sing every time your forgiveness like sweet yeah. sweet honey I'm, like it just i mean that's what we're singing about we're singing about people finding forgiveness finding new stories emerging from their old stories yeah so that that like to me is is the sound of pentecost and, and but technically speaking you did also preach a sermon yeah technically and you talked speaking, about some stuff and things yeah i did and i yeah, actually yeah. wrote some questions down oh, that did, i yeah, had yeah. for you for, about those it. things so what Talk what, about the se series yeah, real what, quick. what i chose to do for this season was to take three weeks and, and some of that was just pragmatic in that i had this three week from pentecost like the end of eastertide so if you're unfamiliar with church calendar you have advent back pre-christmas that leads into christmas into the season after christmas which leads up to lent lent leads into easter easter tide runs all the way to pentecost which is five weeks after easter uh, no, seven weeks after easter um and then we head back into ordinary time um, but mm -hmm. I had this like awkward three week of like, it's Pentecost Sunday. And then I've got two weeks left that I'm preaching. Then I'm on vacation for three weeks. Um, and you're doing a couple of those weeks, weeks, which is really exciting, but it felt like it, a three week series on life in the spirit would land really well in that spot. Um, and it's something we've wrestled with a couple of times over the last year. So just a great way to reinforce listening to the voice of God, great way to reinforce some of the act series that we dived into. Um, so I just took John 14 as a whole and said, we were just going to spend uh, three weeks just in John chapter 14, which is like that, that chunk of John, John 14 through 17 is, is this really almost strange spot it's like this this thing that feels distinct feels almost like you could pull it out and it would stand alone um, yeah because it's like jesus longest teaching to his disciples it just you know he's really just talking at that point yeah uh, praise over them at the end he prays for us at the end i mean which is super cool that like in that moment jesus prays for every one of us following him now and, and um, this is the only book that has this upper room. And, and it, to the discourse. point that they've, they've wrestled, like scholars have wrestled for ages with, is this real? Um, yeah. Like wh where did this come from? Like Matthew, Mark, and Luke of, of only scholars who are writing dissertations and they're so hyper focused on it. You're like, you, <laughs> that's that's what sometimes happens to some scholars. Absolutely, they get like, but, but I think the challenge has been like Matthew, Mark, and Luke have already written at this point this is amazing stuff. Why did none of them record this? Um, oh yeah. Like, I see like what you're saying. you know, like it's, it's distinct. So it's like, do you not remember Matthew, Mark and Luke, what the moment where Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. My father's house has many mansions or many abodes. Like, yeah, seems like that would have gone in the book. Um, yeah. And yet it seems like John, for whatever reason, which, which gospel account is it that says, you know, Jesus did a whole bunch of other things. And you can't record it all. In yeah, all the John. <laughs> okay. Yeah. John's like, I remembered more than everybody else, but there's still more to write. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's like this throwing up his hands and like giving up on trying yeah. to do it all. So, and, and, and so we, part of the, the challenge with, you know, you know, we have the, the church world and then you have the academy, the, the scholarly world. And we try at South to blend the two a little bit. We try and I try and pull some of the academy into the 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 pulpit, um, yeah, 
the challenge there is that there's some things that have gained traction in the church over the last however long that 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 are almost to the point of like rigidity rigid rigidity 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 oh we Uh, found a word you can't say yeah wow there's lots um so an example of that would be who wrote the gospels i mean the idea that matthew mark luke and john all wrote them is a post-biblical tradition now it's pretty early so you know maybe second century or something like that but there's nothing in the text that says hi my name's matthew i'm writing this and you know the 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 best like locked in one is luke because luke and acts are very closely tied together and luke starts talking we language at about the time that he joins the that luke joins the journey so so you get a little bit more with luke but but the rest it's it's got some like scholarly at least question marks about it so we're maybe a bit obsessed with like yes matthew's like this and mark's like this because of the person and yet again nothing in the text that specifically says that's who wrote it um so with john with the idea of a beloved disciple john being very close to jesus again it all makes sense but matthew and mark share a lot more material uh, there's some like complete duplicates of language yeah that even if we hold to the traditional view of it's matthew and it's mark and it's luke it seems like one of them said oh i'm going to use this segment from the other person's book yeah mark's probably the early, earliest right? way, yeah, then, probably yeah and maybe um, matthew's like oh that, he said it so well yeah i'm just, I'm just gonna... i'm not gonna i'm not gonna so so even if we hold john's decidedly like they already said all this yes. i'm definitely not saying Absolutely. that again like i'm gonna add a <laughs> whole bunch of and, and this parallel like this beautiful symmetry like you, mm-hmm. you you see you know the idea of jesus um talking about how um yeah, he cares for his disciples in all of the texts in John. He specifically brings in this idea of, I am the good shepherd. It's never as clear in the others. Yeah. But you see him act in that way. And he says things like, you know, they'll scatter, they'll, they'll, they'll attack the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Um, yep. so, so you see parallels, but there's definitely some things that you're like, this is just, this is just different to the point that one guy even wrote a book called the community of the beloved disciple, a guy called Raymond Brown. He's a Catholic scholar. Huh. And he made this argument. Jesus had two groups of disciples. Uh, that was like his suggestion. Now, now yeah. when you read the preface of the book, he, he says, if you believe 60% of what I say, I'll be happy. And I'm like, I might get to 20% of what you say, like maybe yeah. 15, but yeah. he's definitely stretching it out there. But his view is, yeah, there's just different stuff here. Um, but most most like evangelical scholars would say, yeah, there's there's enough symmetry there that it's 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 different, but it, it fits, it makes sense. Yeah. But this passage, th- this three chapters, four chapters, is just a gift to the church. Had John not wrote it, we would be missing some compelling stuff. Yeah. Um, I see. I I've always I love the Book of John. It's, yeah. Unless I'm deeply saturating in another book at a, at a given moment, I'd say That's John is my book, favorite yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gospel. Um, it's the it's usually the gospel that I turn to if my soul starts to get tired or mm. weary. Yeah. It's like the place that I go to like awaken my soul oh, in so yeah. many ways. And, and, and it does yeah. like what I I find with John so often the the moment in John chapter seven where Jesus stands up in the festival and says. Um, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and streams of living water will pour from them. Yeah. When I feel dry and need those streams of living water, John's gospel as a whole is quite often where I would go to experience them. Yeah. Because um, Jesus just is, speaks compellingly in this. So we yeah. this focus on John 14 is right after John 13 where it's pretty clear that it's all going. Oh, uh, it helps um, if I actually get it on the screen. There we go. Yeah, in, in, in chapter 13, it's all clearly going in a direction that you might say wasn't expected and, and is certainly not hoped for. Yeah, so like, so he ends 13 with this like, where am I going? You can't follow. Peter asks, why can't I follow you? Jesus answered, will you, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will uh, disown me three times. 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the segue <laughs> is just like, brutal. Like in yeah. that sense, it's. Uh, it's like work on your transition <laughs> statements, there, John. Um, yeah, it's 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 a challenge, like to to put yourself in their situation. But everything has looked great. Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. And then wandered into Jerusalem with his almost army of people behind him, thousands of people lining the streets. And, right, the, yeah. and then as the road like comes in, he, it splits in Jerusalem as he would have entered. And he can either go to like the temple and teach or he can go to the law courts and lead a rebellion. Um, and there's enough disciples that land in that zealot group that would say, yes, this is where we're going. Let's go rebellion. Let's yeah. go overthrow the Romans and, and take our country back. And he, and he goes to the, the, the courts and then like he's Passover night. There's this, there's this conversation or, or pre-Passover. There's this conversation where it, Jesus starts to talk in a slightly different way about his impending death and resurrection. There's the last supper. This is my blood shed for you. Um, th there's the uncomfortable when they're in the middle of arguing about who's the greatest moment where he's like, yeah, wash each other's feet. Uh, th there's just enough for the disciples that's like this is different now this isn't what we were here for necessarily <laughs> like it was better when you were a king coming in to be yeah crowned. remember yesterday yeah, when everything yeah, was awesome the other day um yeah and now he's he makes this shift to say yeah i'm going you can't come with me which which i think it's hard for us to to put into any sense like that we've experienced like, because we haven't experienced that for most of us. Yeah. Like, if you, if you've had a um, a parent leave, perhaps, and, and they're they're not coming back, that that might be it. Or, um, so I so I heard a yeah. fascinating story the other day about a, a kid who was devastated because, um, you know, Alexa, the the, yeah. the Amazon thing was was taken to the moon, and. The parent was telling the the kid like, "Oh, Alexa, you can ask Alexa about her trip to the moon." And so, if you asked her at the time, she would say, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to the moon." And he was still struggling with his framework of like Alexa's like everywhere or on all these different <laughs> devices, not just one person. Oh, <laughs> so, it's like Alexa's leaving us. Life's going to be awful. We're not going to be able to be like <laughs> Alexa. Can you do this? Or Alexa, can you tell us this? Um, and and so like that, just a, a ridiculous example of. Um, of what these disciples felt when Jesus, who's been so competent and comfortable in every situation, who's uh, seems like he has everything under control. And then he says, he's now saying leave. I'm leaving. Um, and then this do not let your hearts be troubled is, is hard for them to grasp surely. Yeah. But you actually explain a little bit more about this, this statement. They probably also thought very differently about that statement that I'm leaving. Right. Well, well certainly the, the, when he starts to get into my father's house. Yes. Um, th there's very clearly some ties to this, um, to this Jewish idea of marriage. The Beitav. Yeah. And, and so he's, his language is really um, similar to how a, a bridegroom would speak to his future bride, that he would come, there would be the betrothal, the union would be sealed in that moment, even though there's no sex involved, there's no living together involved. He would go and start building, and then one day, about a year later, would come back and say, okay, it's ready. Um, and and in, in a somewhat uncomfortable way for us, he would bring all his wedding party, and they would go into the bridal chamber, like, with all the wedding party outside the door, uh, yeah. which is actually true of a lot of nations still, or a lot of ancient, like, Cultures, yeah. cultures that, that tend to to focus on how important that first physical union is um so this language is just so similar so so question this is a series about the holy spirit mm -hmm. and the relationship with the spirit how does this conversation about jesus departure uh move us into this conversation about the spirit so so i think i think because so the question so far has lurked around like I'm not going to be here, but there's a place I'm making for you. I will come back and get you. The the lurking question that's never stated is what happens in between. So like what happens until then? Yeah. Um, you know, essentially it's you're leaving us. Yes. You're coming back. Great. But in the, in the bridal image, 
well, the wife continues to live with her father and mother until the day the husband comes. Yeah. She has a place to stay. She has a family that will, 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 will care for her, sustain her, all those different things. The disciples' unspoken question is, well, we don't have that. Like, what happens now? We've, we've put everything on you, and now you're expecting us to just wait. Okay, maybe it's a year, but you don't say it's a year. What happens now? Like, we're supposed yeah. to just, like, pick up the pieces. And then when he starts to say, and you're going to do greater things than I've done. Yeah, there's, there's multiple crises yeah. in the soul of the disciples yeah. right now. Yeah, like, and, and this doesn't heal all of them. No, even the even the image of one day I'll come and take you to this place I've prepared, it doesn't fix the now moment. Yeah, totally. So are we supposed to just wait for the Romans to come and kill us? You say that we've got work to do. How we're 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 not able to do those things? Like, (laughs) yeah, the triumphal entry. They're like, okay, now we're starting to get it. uh, We're understanding. We're understanding. And then this upper room discourse hits, and the he's like, I'm out of here. And they're like, whoa, yeah, like. Ten questions. One, how is this movement supposed to get solidified without its uh-huh. leader? Yeah. Wait, we're going to miss you. Like, we love you. We love your teaching. Mm-hmm. We love the character. We love he- seeing you interact with people. Yeah. And then you're ditching us. And, and then just, just all like, of these questions. Make sure and, you've got in your minds as you think through this. Remember, probably the range of disciples, like 21, maybe Peter's like 21. Uh, there's an there's an allusion to <laughs> yeah. the he he and Jesus being the only ones that pay temple tax. Yeah. Um. So so maybe Peter's twenty one, but the rest could be as young as fourteen. So think back to being fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and just how scary stuff was. Yeah. <laughs> like how how much you needed other people. Um how how unindependent you were and okay different cultures grow up in different phases you know there's totally. cultures where you're considered a man at 13 yeah but if you're like doing a national revival slash uh revolt yeah in theory yes and then your key leader the only true adult among you says i'm out of here and, and even if you and even if, yeah and even if you're like even if you're just becoming a, a rabbi yeah. you've got usually like training until 30 when you you get to go and gather your own disciples so there's still a good 10 plus years away from being considered anywhere worthy to start gathering a following yeah um, don't let your hearts be troubled <laughs> don't, don't, don't teenager don't let your hearts be troubled yeah, yeah. Like, nothing to worry about yeah. nothing to worry about no, here yeah no it's not exactly like the modern teenager <laughs> that might not even be able to boil an egg without like, <laughs> eating, yeah. like youtube to operate um but no not quite but it's still like that places this statement, don't let your hearts be troubled, in the context of like, whoa. Yes. No wonder he's having to say this. And because we're not, because we're landing on John 14, like, and not the Pentecost passage in Acts and the follow following passages, let's rope those in for a second. Like, the Pentecost movement of Acts 2 does not make sense with this group of people right now. Yeah. Like, when we're talking about... Yeah, they're not, they don't have the Bible. This room... They don't have acts to read. Yeah. So so we've got like seven weeks to get this group from here to Acts chapter two. Like in terms of like training a group of people for something like training an army or training whatever. Like yeah. The, a rabbi training yeah, anything. The, there like, is no shift naturally that is possible, especially as Jesus will be out of the picture in about 14 hours. You know, he won't be there physically present with them. Um, at least for a few days. At least for a few days. But even afterwards, it's yeah. like he's there and he's he's in and he's out. It's still yeah. sporadic. Totally. So, so like, to, to, to read the, the birth of the church on just a sociological level of, like, oh, Jesus died, they hid the body, and then they just started a church. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It really is like to believe that you. Oh, have and to by the way, like, a church that's literally taken over the globe yeah, yeah, in yeah, many yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to believe that you really have to have got to a point of like, well, I'm just ruling out resurrection just on premise, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find the next best reason, even if it's just horrendous. Yeah, like it's 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 like no serious sociologist thinks this is possible 
unless they've already just decided resurrections and a no no deal thing it never happened um, like th this is not a logical conclusion for how the church is birthed and ironically the christian answer to that weirdness of how did this movement even happen given all of this is twofold mm -hmm. one is resurrection yeah. but the other is exactly what we're talking about in the series exactly yeah. which is the spirit yeah and um when you factor in the the bodily resurrection of jesus and like the many who actually saw that that's a huge um reason why this movement got some traction but then two the power of the spirit just like is so evident in and, all and, that. And the you know the the Paul will later say five hundred people saw Jesus alive, um, and and we both know people that work in a lot of discipleship making movements in Islamic countries. There's thousands of them going on right now, uh, and thousands of movements, not just thousands of new followers of Jesus. Hundreds of thousands of churches. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And millions of followers of Jesus. And so many of them, like huge percentages of them in Muslim countries would say, I became a believer because I saw a vision of Jesus. Like, yep. it's like the resurrected Jesus is still appearing to people today. Yeah. I think I told um, you that I talked to a church planner from Indonesia and he goes, I was like, yeah, so how do you start one of these movements? And he goes like, usually someone walks up to me on the street and says, I saw you in my dreams last night yeah. and I'm supposed to ask you this, this, and this. <laughs> And he's like, okay, let's talk. Yeah, like, you know, like, just, I mean, just incredible. Like, I was like, oh, that's the that's like the normal church planting strategy that you have <laughs> is yeah. that something miraculous happens. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. so so similar to ours, which is just we mail everybody in a six yeah, mile radius. Yeah, six say, mile, yeah. If you're mad at your old church, could you come to our church? Oh god, like, uh, it's a, it's a little different. Yeah, a little different. Um, uh, so, so you're right. Like the, there is this twofold. It's it's the resurrection is real, and the Holy Spirit is given to the church. And and Jesus in I think is it verse 17 um, of chapter four, which is I think was what is oh chapter we four. Ch sorry, chapter four. Oh, I was like four. No, 14, where did four? No, 14, yeah, where 14. did four come from? Um, Seventeen, the spirit of truth. Yeah, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. We'll actually go back to verse sixteen as well. Um, and I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate to help you with the implication. And we'll get a little bit more into this again this week that Jesus has been their advocate up to this point. Uh, like the another is an important element of the, the text. Uh, and yeah. He'll help you and be with you forever. And that forever then, like, if they had any sense that the I'm going away and coming back was just mark a year and it will be then he seems to like give more sense of, hey, it could be a while. Yeah. When he says forever. Um, Interesting. And all of that seems tied into the preceding passage where he starts to say, and the things that I've done, you'll do those same things. Yeah. Um, which leaves us with this, like, has always been this challenging point for the church in the modern world. Uh, John Wimber, who was really famous for his work with like the vineyard churches, like the third wave, as it was called. Um, when when he became a follower of Jesus, he said, I went to a Bible study and we'd been talking and talking theology, all these different elements and reading the Bible together. And he said, I, I looked at them and said, when do we do the stuff? And they were like, well, what do you mean? This is the stuff. And he's like, no, no, no. Like the stuff in act. Like, when do we do the, like, the miracles? When do we do the healing? When do we do the prophesying? When do we do the, all of the things they did? When do we do that? And, and like, the answer he was really given was, well, we don't really do that anymore. Um, and that led him to this pursuit of, of the Holy Spirit for himself. Yeah. Um, oh, man, what an challenging question. Yeah. So, so it really, huh. it really does, like, even just, for us to contemplate the idea that anything that happens in acts is up for grabs today. Yeah. Like, th like there's nothing there that can't happen in Littleton in the 21st century. Um, that's, that's a hard thing. It is. Um, yeah. And this, this Sunday, you're going to answer all of those questions, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, so, okay. 
you made a statement in the message. I don't remember how you phrased it, but this was the question that popped up for me personally as you asked this question, or you as you made some statements. I wrote down, the church is less spiritual than the world. Well, potentially. Because you, you made this statement that like, it seems like, you know, there was this movement, the scientific revolution, mm. and all this stuff took place in the United States and in the Western world. And the because of that, there was a move away from spiritual mm. things more towards this like, quote unquote, concrete, you know, can you measure, you know, scientific method, mm-hmm. you know, can you measure it? Can you observe it? Mm-hmm. Can you whatever? And if it, you can't do that, you, it's not real. So there was maybe a move away from spirituality mm-hmm. in the secular world yeah. during that season. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and now it seems like that sentiment has gotten into the church. And we're carrying the mantle of slightly less spiritual, less supernatural. Like we talk about it all the Mm. time, but don't experience it very much. And then now there's this pendulum swing back in secular society towards spiritual things and Mm. towards yoga and like, um, like God is in everything and like all of these different spiritual things. So you made some like passing comment. I was like, Oh my gosh, is the world more spiritually minded than so, most so I think, churches? I think, like, yes, you, you're right in that there's this movement that you could call modernism broadly around industrial revolution and, uh, and then philosophical arguments. So re- really like there's this shift with Immanuel Kant around, um, or away from the idea that you can know something by direct experience. Like there's the shift to like what's provable and what's like subjectivity you know, is evil yeah, in this exactly. framework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it pushes us more and more into like what's observable, what can be proven intellectually, all those different elements. Um, so I think that 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 is true to a degree. I don't know if it's the only cause of this this problem because. So, so what I would say is that, and I think I said this on Sunday. There's there's been this bizarre shift. Um, whether the American church has to a degree rejected intellectualism and rejected spirituality. And I'm going to use that as a, as a broad term for experience. And we've made our battleground ethical politics. Oh, like we've man. made, we've made like a, a, like Ooh. stand, like, what's ethical behavior and how can we legislate it? And I'm not saying the ethics are wrong. I, don't know. I just get really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is sad. Like, so, so the ethics are right. Potentially. I mean, yeah. Like even if they are right, are they the priority that we should But what have? we've said is like the way that we're going to win this culture war. And I think we're comfortable now with language of like, it is a culture war. Yeah. Um, so we've said like, we want people to behave in a Christian way. And we're going to hold like, and really what we mean by that is like, we felt like there were some ethics maybe 50 years ago that were more um, where we wanted them to be maybe 60 years ago, maybe 70 years ago. Who knows the date? It's always the fifties. The fifties were the good old days. Yeah. 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 So, so even if we weren't alive then, and and there's not many people now that could say they have a, an adult memory of the fifties. Yeah. Um, like my dad's 70 and he was born, but you watched movies about yeah, exactly. it and it yeah, was yeah. like, so, so it's leave it to beaver. It's like morality. It's, it's like, like all yeah. of this, like goodness and everyone's happy and everything's good, and yeah. good and beautiful. And the economy's amazing. And all. yeah, that was the good old days. Let's go back there. Yeah. And, 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 and I mean, I'm sure there are aspects that were delightful. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, but but our, our way of getting there has been centered a little bit more around the ethics of, and, um, and the politics. how we legislate it. So, so we, mm. that, that's led us to reject intellectualism because by nature, based on a lot of stuff in the 70s in Chicago, intellectualism makes us question the Bible. So if you read the Bible with an intellectual mind, where well, are you questioning like the word of God and... And so anyone that brought any sense of questions to the Bible was perceived as the textual criticism yeah, wave. Exactly. You're, you're, you're supposed to, you're supposed to read it and accept it. The not, scientific, not bring anything to it, mm-hmm. even, even though you have to bring a lens to it because you just do by nature. 
Yeah. Uh, you can't avoid it. You either have a lens that you know or a lens that you don't know. Yeah. Um, so, so you've got that whole piece going on that rejects intellectualism. And then you've got the whole spiritual piece that says, well, like that's, you know, uncertain. How can we know that? Um, that can lead to some weird places. And so, yes, bizarrely, we do now end up in a, a place where the, the rest of the world outside the church is far more comfortable with the idea that this spiritual well, world can be accessed and and even changed yeah um and mm. so yes there's there's a movement towards language like i'm not religious i'm spiritual oh yeah w which does potentially have the undercurrent in it of and the church isn't really spiritual and and certainly like anecdotally has people that say yes i went to the church and didn't find anything spiritual uh, and 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 so this is a bizarre anecdotal story that uh, I don't even know if it's it's necessarily helpful, but we'll go there for a second. We we at the church I was at in England had a Satanist walk into the church. Yeah, and he said, "I am a, a high level Satanist. I've been involved in this for years. I have never met someone in church who has power like I would say I have." I'm like, "Out! Like that's yeah. What do you mean by that?" And he said, "Every church I go to." no one no no one sees me for who i am he said i've been to churches just to see what's going on there and they've asked me to run alpha courses like because i dress nice i wear a suit and i know like the language that's used and stuff and you're like oh my goodness like what does that mean i don't know but it's like just fascinating in terms of this is a person who believes the spiritual world is deeply real yeah can actually be accessed and can actually be changed and he's going to churches and seeing no elements that, that recognize those things yeah so you just created lots of problems and yeah. we, we're 55 minutes in i feel like we could start an entire new episode on that subject fortunately we're in a series that's going to be talking about the spirit for multiple weeks and, and i think i think one of the things we'll try and recognize and, and there's not an easy fix to this because it's 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 it affects me as well and we've talked about this too what's the what's the marker of this community right now these 16 year olds that are about to lose their rabbi and be yeah. told they're supposed to change the world without him is desperation oh yeah like it's it's like there's, there's no there's no other option either jesus is right and you're going to send a comforter who's going to help us do all the things that we need to do yeah or you're not and we're screwed um yep. and and our view and i would say this honestly as a pastor of a church is I'm also thinking about um, the extracurricular activities my kids have this week and um, making car payments and 401k contributions and all of these different things. And should I put new windows in my house? And dot, 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 dot. There's so much other stuff floating around. Desperation in a, in a climate that is centered around or a, a relatively affluent. Yeah, comfort, convenience, safety, security. It's really hard to feel desperate. It's really hard. I don't I don't know how I don't know how you create that. Yeah. Leaning and surrendering to the power of the spirit and to the kingdom of God is it's so easy to become an afterthought in our culture. Mm -hmm. And that's why following those following Jesus and advocating for his kingdom is maybe as hard to do here as in any mm -hmm. highly oh, anti-Christian yeah, yeah. yes. environment. Bizarrely, not because not because we're going to get killed for our faith. Mm -hmm. It's like martyrdom in the physical body sense is not a, at, at stake, but it's because we have a martyrdom of like we're it's it's more like in other countries. God says, OK, here's a Christian. I'm going to take him out with like yeah, yeah. martyrdom. Yeah. And. In, in this culture, Satan's like, no, I, instead I'm going to play my little flute and I'm going to lull you to sleep. Why do you need, why do you need soldiers to come and kill you when the suburbs can kill you? Oh, like, I mean, like, yeah, it's just, like, it's just, just like, I don't, I, I, I then, don't have time to like pray with urgency. And, and again, why would I? Because I actually, the, the, the weather's nice. I'm going to go for a walk. 
Yeah, it's it, it's uh, like it, it's so what what I think and we'll try I'm and move into a different country. Yeah. No, sorry. What you, what I think I'm going to try and push us towards and, and like as a community, what we'll try and land towards is well, what are some things you can do to say I'm choosing a different way? Like it doesn't mean that you move house necessarily. But like like so, so there's some examples like extreme generosity mm. is one of those examples. One of those things that says, for no reason, I'm going to choose less. Um, it's one of those things that can actually start to to pull you out of the the malaise. Take of, take the tentacles of culture and say, yes. and rip them from you and say, no, I'm going to do something because, different. Yeah, because because the, the, there is a problem that the more stuff you have, the less joy you get from the next thing. Yeah. So when you've got five TVs, what does six really make you feel better? Um, like it starts to become an addiction that you just you're just entering into without any particular reason for it. Wow. Uh, and so there's got to be intentional practices that say, no, I'm going to move from that, and I'm going to intentionally create things around me that help me step out of it. Um, wow. And so yeah, I, I I don't know how we. I don't know how it all shakes out, but it's it's complicated. Well, I I feel like, and I don't know, I'm, my hunch is some of our listeners, if they are still listening all the way an hour <laughs> in, feel like I have just you've created ten times the many the amount of questions than yeah, what we started true, with, yeah. and I'm excited for the series. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and God help us. Um, that's a great spirit yeah spirit help us to figure out some of this because um and maybe that's just even a prayer now but spirit Mm -hmm. that you would lead us through this conversation as a community because we need your power to like wake us up in some special way um and would you use the series to do that Mm -hmm. huh Mm -hmm. Hmm. well thanks for tuning in I feel like I want to start a whole nother episode right now. I have so many questions for you. Um, I have so many questions for me. I think I asked one question. I had like four bullet points. I asked one question and it turned to that. Do we feel like, you know, in a spirit because the gospel is too, uh, yeah, we're going to have to do that later. We, have we don't have time. Yeah. We don't have time. Absolutely. That was the best question ever. And I'm just not even going to read it. I'm just joking. <laughs> read all right. Week. See y'all. See you guys. Uh, see. Uh, da, 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 da. Will I find the button and goodbye. well thanks again for listening and we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you we'd love to interact with you about this so feel free to leave comments questions all that sort of thing and we'll try our best to get back to you when we can have a great day